I love the part of the scripture in verse 17 that says this, that it is revealed, the righteousness of God is revealed from, some, say this with me, faith to faith. Say it again, faith to faith. So what that tells me is this, faith is progressive. Faith is progressive. Faith is moving. So the faith that you're walking in today should not be the faith that you're walking in tomorrow. The faith that you were walking in two years ago when we were here should not be the faith that you're walking in today. The Bible says that we live from faith to faith. So faith is always moving. Faith is always progressive. Faith is always moving you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Somebody help me preach in this place today. Listen, the Bible says this, that we move from one, le one level of faith to another level of faith. Now, the Bible says also that we have been given a measure of faith. Yeah. Every single person in this room, if you're born again, have been given a measure of faith. The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with your faith? What are you doing with it? Is it growing? Is it developing? Is it getting stronger? Is it getting weaker? Is it staying dormant? Really, there is no neutral in faith. You're either progressing and moving forward or you're in reverse, going the other way. And so there is no, no neutral zone in faith. We're either moving forward, accelerating. Someone shot accelerate. You're accelerating or you're going backwards, one or the other. I don't know about you, but I am accelerating today. I'm accelerating my faith today. You know, there are two little, there are two pedals in your car. One's the brake pedal and one's the acceleration pedal. I'm not putting the brake pedal on in my life. I'm putting the accelerator down and accelerating in faith in Jesus' name. So the Bible says that we, when we have a measure of faith. God has given us all a, a measure of faith, but it's what we do with it that matters. Yeah. You know, in the Bible, Jesus was astounded two times. Jesus was only like blown away two times. One was because someone had great faith, and one was because someone's lack of faith. I don't know if I'm going to astound Jesus. I want Jesus to be astounded and amazed at great faith and not a lack of faith. And so the Bible says this in Romans chapter 10. You know the scripture very well that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard that scripture a thousand times. But I got to tell you something. Let me give you a little, little um, a, a different perspective. Faith is not coming by what you have heard. What you have heard is great. But the question is, what are you hearing today? What are you hearing right now? Because if your faith based upon what you have heard, you will not move from faith to faith. You will stay where you were five years ago or two years ago or six months ago. Faith doesn't come by what you have heard. Faith comes by what you continually hear. Now, let me tell you something. Faith is not the only thing that comes by what you hear. Doubt comes by what you hear too. Fear comes by what you hear. Unbelief comes by what you hear. It is so important in the day that we live in to have an ear that is in tune to the Spirit of Almighty God. Because when you're in tune with the Spirit of God, whatever's going on around you and what you see on Facebook and what you see on social media, I'm about ready to turn my social media off. i got to be honest with you. Well, you hear, you hear all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes we listen. We believe more on what we read on Facebook than what we believe in the Word of God. Say la. You know what that means? Shut up and think about it, all right? Listen to me. We believe more about what we read in the paper than we, what we believe in the Word of God. But, but, but listen, if you want to move from, from where you are right now and accelerate to where God has you, you're going to have to change what you hear. 
So the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me say something. They're going to bring this up on the screen. I want you to write this down. because I want to lay a little foundation that Lori is going to come. Faith, listen, there's a lot of things that we call faith that aren't faith at all. Can I, can I submit something to you? There has never been a true faith failure. Sure got quiet up in this Presbyterian church this morning. Because if you're in faith, faith don't fail. I said faith does not fail. Are you hearing me? Faith does not fail. And so what we, sometimes what we think is faith is really supposition. Or sometimes it's just what we want to do. Or sometimes it's thinking our own opinion. But if you're really in faith, faith does not fail. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I want to bring this to you right here. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you are believing God for something, you have to first start to know what the will of God is for that particular thing you're believing for. And if you have the will of God on it, then you can put your faith to it. Are you hearing me? If you have the will of God, you know, a few years ago, Lordy and I were at a conference and our sons were home, Austin and Asher, our two younger, were at home. And Austin called me, oh, Asher called me and said, Dad, um, I'm hungry. How many know that growing boys are always hungry, right? I said, I'm hungry. Hey, I want some pizza. I was in Florida. He was in Texas. And I said, well, give me the order of what you want, and I'll call Domino's, and I'll order and get you get your pizza. He said, okay. He hung up the phone, and I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I called the pizza place. I ordered their pizza. I gave them my credit card number, and in 35 minutes, it was at their house. Now, listen to me. Asher never one time called me ever in that 35-minute span. He never one time called me. And saying, Dad, did you order the pizza? Dad, I'm hungry. Dad, is it coming? Dad, did you pay for it? No. He had faith that his father was going to do what he said he was going to do. And so the will of, the will of me at that time was to give my boy pizza. He never questioned it. As soon as I said, I'm going to do it, he hung the phone up and never thought about it once ever again. Faith is the same way in the spirit realm. It begins where we know the will of God. What is the will of God? Number one, the will of God is the word of God. Why it's so important to have a diet and a constant diet of the word of God in your life is because when you know the word of God, then you figure out the will of God. And so knowing the will of God gives you confidence in which to build your faith upon. Knowing the will of God gives you the confidence to build your faith. Can I, I submit to you this? Faith is simply believing that God told you the truth. Yeah. Where'd all my amens go? Amen. Faith is simply believing that God told you the truth. It's simply believing that what God said, he is not only able, all right, he's not only willing, but he is able to do. He's not only willing to heal your body, he is able to do that as well. He's not only willing to save your, your kids or bring your kids back to, he's able. No, he's not only willing, he is also able to do what he has spoken. So faith is simple, y'all. Faith is believing that God told you the truth and taking his word for exactly what it is. Hebrews chapter 10, real quickly. Faith is an action. A lot of times we speak faith, we believe faith, we pray faith, but we're missing a key ingredient to this. Faith is not only what we ask and believe and confess. 
Faith is also what we do. Faith is also what we do. There's too many people sitting around, you know, believing God for mailbox money. Don't get me wrong. I love mailbox money. But I'm not going to prosper by sitting home waiting on mailbox money. Hello, somebody. I'm going to prosper by putting my hand to something that God has told me to do. I'm going to prosper when I do what God has told me to do and what I know the will of God is for me. And I put legs to it, action to it. In Hebrews chapter 10, look at this great verse. Therefore, do not throw away your, someone shout this out, confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the what? Will of God, you may receive what is promised. When you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. When you have done, when you have put action to it, when you have put legs to it, when you have put energy to it, when you have put your own abilities to what God has given you, when you have done the will of God, then you receive the promise. Listen, faith is action, y'all. Faith is not sitting in church on Sunday morning hearing a great word after word after word after word. Faith is doing something with what God told you to do. Hebrews chapter 11 is um, the heroes of faith. We know that chapter to be the hall of fame of faith. Let me tell you something. The reason they're the hall of fame is because of what they did. They did something. Someone shout amen. amen. Noah constructed an ark. Abraham left his home. Jacob blessed his grandsons. Moses chose to be mistreated. Joshua fought. Rahab risked her life. They all did something. And so faith is just not, just not, you know, la-la land somewhere. It is not only what we hear. It's not only what we believe. It's not only what we confess. It is what we do. How many of you know that we are in a fight? Amen? The Bible calls it a good fight. We fight the good fight of faith. But make no mistake, we're in a fight. You know, we're, this, this whole month of meetings is about impact and maximizing our power, right? How many of you know that one of the things that can totally wear us out is fighting the wrong things? Amen? I want you to look at this scripture real quickly. Galatians 6, 9. It says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, I, I, I love what Ken said about Facebook. And I'm telling you, listen, it seems like we are in a war in our, in our country. But can I just tell you that there's something deeper that's happening? Now, you know, I pray for whoever is in office. I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't play that game. That's a battle I've chosen not to fight. Because I have to fight that on my knees. And I believe as believers... We have to fight that battle on our knees. Amen? But what the enemy is doing, I, I kind of, you know, I'm a real visual person. So I, I see things in stories and in picture boards and in videos. And I see what the enemy is trying to do right now is, it's like we're out in the ocean. And we're all out there in this ocean. And the enemy is in this boat and he's just chumming the waters. How many of you have ever been shark, shark fishing for sharks? They take, it's nasty, I know. I've not done it, I won't, okay? But I've seen how they do it, and they basically take all these nasty, bloody fish, and they cut them up, and they, 
They, they'll get out there and out, out there in the middle of the ocean and they'll, they'll throw it out there. They do this a lot of times if you go in a, bat, in a, in a cage, a shark diving cage. They'll chum the waters because what that happens is the second that, you know, I love watching National Geographic and Shark Week and all this. And they'll tell you that a shark only needs one drop of blood. And he can, he can sense it from hundreds of miles away. Just one. And I see the enemy not just dropping a drop, but buckets and chumming those waters is what they call it. And you know, all, all, all of the, everybody, on, especially on social media, what's happening? We're creating a feeding frenzy and we're, we're knocking each other out. So what happens out there, because the Bible says we are in a different kingdom. Yeah. We live by a different set of rules in the kingdom. Yeah. They're higher rules. Yeah. They're, not this man, they're not man's rules. And so when stuff starts happening out there, I have to fight it a different way because I don't belong to that system. Yeah. I don't belong to the world system. I belong to the system of the kingdom of God. Yeah. But what I see happening is I see the enemy throwing out that chump and I see the separation in churches. Let me tell you something. There has never been a time ever before than right now that we need to connect together. That we need to hook together and say, you're my brother, you're my sister, and I got your back. I will fight for you. Because that's what we do in the kingdom. You know, we have to pick our battles. The Bible says, I think I put that scripture in, for the weapons are, more, are, 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 are not carnal. You know, contrary to popular belief, your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is not your husband. It's not your 16-year-old child. It's not your neighbor. We're fighting a different fight. But I love what that says because it's, but our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down. I used to think it was together, strongholds, but it's actually two different words, strongholds. So sometimes we can spend so much time out here fighting these battles that don't even belong to us, and we skip the battles that really mean our life or death to our family, to our marriage, to our children, to our health. We have to learn how to pick our battles. We also have to remember, and I, you know, we, I, I love preaching at this at that conference. We talked about boxing. I am a boxing fan. I, I know, I know, my, you might be surprised, but I love boxing. I have very fond memories of boxing from when I was really young. You know, I used to watch, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard and Joe Frazier and you know Oscar De La Hoya, and I mean, I, I remember all these. You know, uh, I just remember all these. Fights that we used to sit down and sit on the couch and we just eat a whole bag of sunflower seeds and, and just watch the fights. And my dad, this is back in the day when before they had, you know, before they had where you could stop it, you know, DVRs. My dad would sit next to me and he would just give me play by play. Okay, this is what they did. He would explain to me the strategy. This is why they're doing that. He was my Tony Romo. Amen. <laughs> he was my Tony Romo. He was giving me that play by play. And you know, I love watching boxing because to me, it's, to me it's, a, it's a game of real life. It's not like a beauty pageant where you have a first runner up. Because there are many times in this life that it is a win or lose situation. There is no second place. There is no consolation prize. You either win the fight or you lose. Can I just tell you something? Heaven, contrary to popular belief, is not a consolation prize. 
So when we when someone steps from this life into eternity, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. Isn't that what it's all about? That we live every day faith to faith, that we give our life to Christ, and we live every day like we like we should, knowing that one day we're going to reach our eternal reward. And somebody once told me, oh, well, that's just, that's just escapism. I'm like, I ain't escaping nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm fighting the same fight you are. I'm still here fighting. So we fight that fight. But I'm telling you, uh, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. So, and they are strong to the pulling down of strong holds. Whatever holds that the enemy might have on your life. The, whatever, in, whatever the enemy might have on your children, on your husband, on your family, on your relationships. On your job, in your business. God's called you to, to stand firm and fight the good fight of faith and not be weary in well-doing. That means we cannot stop doing the things that we know to do. Several years ago, I was fighting a very, I was fighting a, a, a crazy fight. And there were some things at the end of it, there were some things that were just being launched at me. And I, I told the Lord, I said, God, I am... I'm tired of people having words for me. I got to a place where I just said, okay, I am not going anymore. I have walked as far as I'm going to walk. I am special to you, God. I know I am. We're all special to him, amen? And I said, God, I am your daughter. And so I'm putting a demand, just like I told you, Justin. We put a demand on that. God, I'm, tell I'm, I'm here, and I want you to speak to me. We went to this camp meeting uh, service. It was a reunion for Rama for Kent. He used to travel with Papa Hagen for years on the on the crusade team, and he was up there at the keyboard and he was playing. And I was sitting. They had us sitting on the platform, you know, in these chairs. And I was sitting on the front of that little, you know, area there on the on the platform. And they were just having that camp meeting services. You know, they were just dancing and carrying on and doing all this. And man, I was I was going to war. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clear as I'm speaking to you today and said, stop doing the things that you know to do. Stay in the word. Stay in faith. Declare the word. Pray in the spirit. Do the things that I know to do. I didn't realize what was about to happen. But just a couple of very short months later, all hell broke out in our family. And I thought I was fighting a, faith, fighting a fight before. I had no idea the gates of hell that were fixing to unleash on our family. And it paralyzed me. Not because, not because I was losing the fight of faith. Because I wasn't fighting at all. It, I, let, I allowed fear to paralyze me where my faith lost its impact and power in my life. So all the things that I knew to do, I just stopped doing them. I stopped worshiping. I stopped opening my mouth. I stopped declaring what God said about my situation. And I tell you, I did one of the most, the worst things that I could have ever done. Now, I love social media. I, you know, my, my major is in marketing. I love social media. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for technology. But I'm telling you, I got on Facebook and I started to see everything that was going on. I started seeing all these Posts of people that I knew, some of you know, friends, some church families, some people that had kids my age, some people that weren't even Christians. And I'm telling you, they started, they were posting things about their perfect life and their perfect husband, their perfect wife, their perfect kids with their perfect 4.0 grade point averages. And they were living, they were living in their perfect house with their perfect going on their perfect vacations and their perfect everything. 
And I could not understand. I asked God, I'm telling you, we don't, we don't pray, you know, thou art prayers when we're praying to God. We get real, right? It gets ugly. And I told God, I don't know what's going on. And I would sit in front of that computer screen just paralyzed, crying and crying, wondering why everybody else was living the dream. And my life was shot to hell. I didn't understand. It didn't make any sense to me. Because I was fighting in an arena that God had not called me to fight in. And he was taking, he was distracting me, taking me off the fight that I really needed to be fighting. So see, there's a lot of things that are good, but not, Paul said, all things are good, permissible, but not all things are, 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 are good for, not all things work. Now, what's the word? I can't think of the word. What? Beneficial. Yes, beneficial. All things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So we have to have, through, through, through the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, we need to say, God, I need you to make, to make me aware of the fights that I'm really supposed to be fighting. I don't want to be fighting against my brother, sister, my husband, my wife. That's not where the battle is. Many times the battle is right here. That five, six inch space in between your ears, that's where the battleground is. And sometimes we sabotage our own fight and make our own selves less of a, less, we're, we're not, we're not, uh, uh, we're not impactful. We're not making a difference. And we want to blame it on God. Well, God, you're not doing what you said. When really we're sabotaging our own success. Can I tell you, you know, the enemy, and I, the enemy cannot, he's not creative. There's not a creative bone in his whatever. Okay. He's not creative. He cannot read your mind, but he has a good memory. I'm telling you, he has a good memory. And he will use whatever you've done in your past, even in your present, the things that you've done, the things you said, your failures, your whatever. He uses them against you to show, to make you think that you are not, that you are not successful, that you are a failure. So what you have to do is you have to take yourself back to the word that says, I am what God called me to be. I have the living one. I have the, I have the one living on the inside of me that says I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. And we have to stand. That's the fight that we need to fight. We need to fight on our knees and we need to fight with our hands in the air. We need to fight with our hands in the air. And I'm telling you, when we begin to do that, then stuff starts happening. You know, I, I won't go into detail because uh, I, I believe in protecting our children. Because I believe that some of the stuff that we've gone through now that they're older, our children are older, I believe that's their story to tell, not mine. But I will say this. There was one night that my, uh, my son was going through a very, very difficult time. And he was, we had had a very significant tragedy happen in our family. And I, the Holy Spirit directed me to go up and check on him. And I went, ran up the stairs and I went to check on him and he was just crying and just just sobbing and I sat I sat down and you know I'm telling you as moms we don't know how to fix things sometimes that was the thing that really just absolutely threw a kink in my life was that I didn't know how to fix my kids but that was something that I could not fix and I went up to his bedroom and I and I sat with him and he said mom I know God loves me and he was telling me some stuff that's really hard for a parent especially in ministry it was hard for me to hear and he had never really told me this before because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. But he said some very hard things. He was so angry. He was angry at God about what had happened. And he finally just unleashed it all. And thinking I would be so angry with him and, and, and just scold him for it. I told him, I said, honey, you know, we don't have all the answers. 
And you know, God is not afraid of your questions if you're not afraid of his answers. Can I tell you, I don't know where that came from, but I know that was the Holy Ghost fighting on my behalf. Because I couldn't have come up with that kind of wisdom myself. I'm telling you right now. And, I told, and, and he said, he just weeping and crying and grieving. He said, Mom, I know God loves me. I know God loves people. I, mean, I know he loves people, but I don't think he loves me. I don't think he cares about me because I prayed and nothing happened. Can I tell you, that's a hard question. And a little charismatic zoo uh, little quote isn't going to fix that. And I, I just began to listen to him and, and talk to him. And I came downstairs and I sat at my piano and I just began to cry because I just did not have the answers myself. But the Holy Spirit said, if you walk it out, I'll work it out. See, sometimes we don't have all the answers. We don't even know what the next step is. But when we start putting one foot in front of the other in faith, then all of a sudden, what didn't seem like anything was underneath, all of a sudden God begins to put something under our feet. And we begin to walk it out. And before we know it, we're 20 paces in. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by the things that we see on Facebook. Not by the things that we hear coming out of our kids' mouths. But we walk by faith. Knowing that God, God sees, we have to see, sometimes we have to see our kids like God sees them. And can I tell you that sometimes when you look in that mirror, you need to tell yourself, self, you're pretty good looking. <laughs> Ooh, look at you. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself like that. And sometimes you have to tell yourself, self, you will be everything that God created you to be. You are powerful. You walk in faith. You walk in dominion. That's what God's called you to do. That's what he's called you to be. So it's about walking it out every day. That's, how, that's where we need to have our faith. And quit wasting our energy. Quit being weary. Quit being weary of doing the things that God's called us to do. Because if there's anything, and I'll finish with this, honey, you can come on up. Those of you that have watched boxing, you know that when they get, sometimes they get eight rounds in, sometimes less than that. They'll start hanging on to each other like this. They get close and they just start hanging on each other. Can I tell you they're not hugging? <laughs> Can I give you a hug? They're not hugging. I mean, they're, they're hanging on each other just trying to buy a couple of seconds to, yeah. to make sure that they don't go down. They're trying to catch their breath and make sure just keep it. They're just in defensive mode, just trying to buy a second to get to breathe. But I, <laughs> I love it. And sometimes if they can make it to the end of that round, and I, those of you that watch boxing, I, I love it. Sometimes you can get some, you can see, two, you know, some, one of the fighters you can be watching and think, oh man, this guy, he is, he is in for it. He is going down. He's wore out. You can tell he's just, he's like giving his last punch. Now his punches are just like, he's just flailing. He's not, he's not making any punches. He's just out there looking a fool, getting the tar beat out of him. Knocked down to the ground. And then the, the ref gets down on that mat. And he starts counting down from 10. He starts hitting that mat. Just like that. And he's waiting to see if that, if that, if that opponent, if he can somehow, some way, get back, regain his composure and get back on his feet. And I love when you can see and they're down there and they're bloody and sweaty and gross and snotted up and they look nasty. And, Mom, we're in a fight. 
And sometimes it ain't pretty. And I love whenever they're down there and that ref is doing this. He's, he's counting down. And you know, he wants, sometimes he's just wanting to count a little slower. But I love how sometimes you can look in their eyes. And sometimes you can see it in their eyes and they're saying, Oh, I might be down, but I'm not out. And not today. I'm not going to go down today. You're not going to knock me out, devil. I'm not, I might be down, but I'm not out. And you can see that in their eyes. And all of a sudden they get up and they start, they like got their second wind down there. And then all of a sudden these flailing arms that just were going everywhere. Now they're making a punch. Now they're making maximum impunch. And every punch that they land, they're landing on. See, that's what God wants us to do, church. He doesn't want us to just be out there slap fighting like a sissy girl. He wants us to be with power, making some impact, doing maybe a one-two punch. That's what he wants us to do. Amen? He wants us to make a comeback. That's how we're victorious in our faith. Woo! Have you enjoyed today? Has been all right? Let me tell you something. Faith has a cousin. Faith has a cousin. It's called grace. I can say it like this. Faith has a business partner. <laughs> it's called grace. I want you to pull this up on the screen. What grace makes available, faith makes accessible. So what grace has made available to your life, you obtain it by faith. Ephesians talks about how by grace are you saved through faith. Romans chapter 4 talks about Abraham calling those things that were not as though they were. And there are three things that work in that chapter. Grace, faith, and hope. Grace, faith, and hope. Can I tell you something? The power is in you today. And acceleration comes when you understand what grace has made available for your life. Grace has made something available for you, but it will only be out here in the realm of, of um, just the realm of, of, of the Spirit until you lay hold of it by faith. That's right. And you pull what grace has made available into your life. See, grace, God made salvation available by the grace of God, but you had to activate faith to move salvation from out here to in here. Yeah. You see, there's a grace for healing. There's a grace for restoration. There's a grace for vision and direction. There's a grace on business people. There's a grace to parent. There's a grace to be a child. There's, there's, grace, there's a grace to lead worship. There's a grace to pastor. So what grace makes available, faith brings it from out here to here. And it makes it accessible. And so how do you accelerate? You accelerate by making things that God has made available for you through his grace you accelerate by bringing them into your life by the action of faith. How do you do that? By what you speak. By what you speak. There are many times where our kids, where our boys were going through several things. I won't, I won't belabor that. But I'm telling you, Laura Lee and I had a decision. We either had to be controlled and moved by what we saw, or we keep speaking what we knew God was going to do in their lives. And the more we kept speaking, the more they began to turn. And the more they begin to turn, the more begin to get, the more they begin to turn their heart, the more God begin to work. So no matter what you're speaking, can I submit something to you today? Everything in your life is subject to change. 